pay. So if the IRS asserts a deficiency in income tax, aka claims the taxpayer has failed that they have paid all that's owed on their taxes, the taxpayer has options. They can either choose not to pay the tax and petition the tax court to redetermine the deficiency or they can just pay the deficiency and then file an administrative claim for a refund. Um, And then if they're denied that, then they can sue for the refund in federal district court or the U.S. Court of Federal Claims. So there are three courts with original jurisdiction over federal tax cases, that being the tax court, the U.S. District Courts, and the United States Court of Federal Claims. Of the three courts that have original jurisdiction in tax cases, um, the tax court is is important. The tax court has often been referred to as like the poor man's court because the taxpayer starts or commences an action in that court for redetermination of a deficiency without first paying the asserted deficiency. So basically, they've brought the IRS has brought a claim, has said you failed to, you know, pay everything that you've owed. And so you're choosing not to pay it and you want to you petition the tax court. And so that's why they called it the poor man's court, because you're you didn't just pay it and then try to get it resolved in court. You're like, nah, we're like, I'm not paying this shit. And so uh, they, they call it poor man's court because the action was commenced um, for redetermination of the deficiency without first paying it. So in contrast, actions for the refund, so if you decide to pay it and you want a refund um, in federal district courts and the courts of federal claims are um, commenced only after an asserted deficiency has been paid. So because the tax court hears only tax cases, which I would hope, it is um, there they come with a lot of expertise. So they have 19 presidentially, no, I said that wrong, appointed judges. The tax court, um, known as the Board of Tax Appeals until 1943, was established in 1924. Prior to the Tax Reform Act of 1969, the tax court was technically an independent agency of the executive branch of the federal government. The 19, that, that's interesting because um, Congress has has the power, you know, to tax and spend. And so now they're saying, though, that the that these tax independent agencies were, um, well, I guess prior to the Tax Reform Act of 1969, the tax court technically was an independent agency of the executive branch, which is the the which is where the president is, not Congress. So that's why I was just like, oh, that's interesting. Okay, the 1969 Act renamed the court United States Tax Court and gave it a constitutional status under. Here we go. That oh my gosh, I should have just kept reading. So. The 1969 Act renamed the court the United States Tax Court and gave it constitutional status under Article 1, Section 8, Clause 9 of the Constitution. So now, so that is now part of the judicial branch. That, what? Does that make sense? Okay. The change to constitutional status gives the tax court the power to pun. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I see what they're saying. To punish 
for contempt and issue writs to enforce its decisions. Um, the headquarters of the tax court is in D.C., but the court holds hearings in principal cities throughout the United States on a fairly regular schedule. Cases are tried without a jury. They have one judge. Uh, the judge submits an opinion to the chief judge for consideration. The chief judge will either allow the decision to stand or refer it to the full court for review. Reviewed opinions of the tax court are likely to be accorded greater weight. Published opinions of the tax court always indicate if the opinion has been reviewed and dissenting opinions are published. So the United States District Courts have jurisdiction in any tax case against the United States seeking a refund of tax, regardless of the amount involved. That's pretty important. So unlike actions before the tax court, suits in the federal district courts may be tried before juries. The taxpayer must bring tax actions against the United States in the district court where the taxpayer resides or if they're a corporation in the district court in which it has its principal place of business. A taxpayer uh, cannot litigate a tax action in the federal district courts without first paying the amount in dispute and then commencing this um, refund action. So the U.S. Court of Federal Claims was created by the Federal Courts Improvement Act of 1982. It inherited substantially all of the jurisdiction formerly exercised by the U.S. Court of Claims. The Court of Federal Claims has jurisdiction over all tax suits against the United States, regardless of the amount. Jury trial is not available in the Court of Federal Claims. The jurisdiction of the Court of Federal Claims extends throughout the United States, where a taxpayer resides is irrelevant. The principal office of the Court of the Federal Claims is D.C., uh, but it can hold court at such times and such places fixed by the rule of that court. Um, like federal district courts, the Court of Federal Claims um, has no jurisdiction to hear deficiency cases. The taxpayer must first pay the deficiency, thus converting the suit into a refund suit before bringing an action before the court. So appellate courts appeal, if, you, if there's an appeal, appeals from the tax court are heard as a matter of right by the federal courts of appeals of the United States. Jurisdiction is in the court for the circuit in which the taxpayer resides. And prior to 1970, there was a decision in uh, Golson and where the tax court did, uh, did not regard itself as bound by the decisions of any particular federal court of appeals, even the court which would hear the case in question on appeal. In Golson, the tax court reversed itself and announced it would follow a decision of the federal court to which an appeal from a tax court decision would be made if the federal court's decision were squarely on point. That's kind of funny. Prior to 1982, decisions of the Court of Claims were reviewed by the Supreme Court under Sessiorari. Wow. The 1982 Court Improvement Act created the United States Courts of Appeals for the Federal Circuit, which has exclusive jurisdiction of an appeal from a final decision of the U.S. Court of Federal Claims. Decisions of the Court of Appeals for the Federal Circuit are reviewable by the Supreme Court Decisions of the federal district courts may, as a matter of right, be appealed to the appropriate federal court of appeals.
Hey guys, if you've taken anything or learned anything from my podcast episodes, don't forget that you can support the podcast through the main homepage and through the listener support tab. And I really appreciate it. Don't forget to comment and share your thoughts.